Hello guys, and thank you for listening or watching another episode of Live Free Podcast, where I talk about living a life of freedom and rest and expansion in Christ Jesus. Happy Friday. Thank you so much for tuning in today. <clears throat> I am super excited to bring forth this word that the Holy Spirit has given me so that we can be edified, comfort, and exhorted in Christ and that we will know the hope of our calling. Listen, today, God is wanting me to deal with the masquerade, the masquerade. As believers, as believers walking with Christ Jesus, we deal with so many different things on a daily basis, right? Until at some point we feel like who we are is a part of our personality. But God has sent me today to help us to grow in him because, you know, the Bible says that we go from glory to glory and that we are transformed into the image of Christ Jesus. So that means that when we get saved, everything didn't happen all at once. Our spirits get saved, right? Our soul is not saved. Our flesh is not saved. Our spirits are saved. So we have to bring our soul. What is our soul? Our soul is our mind, our will, and our emotions under the subjection of the Holy Spirit, that we will walk in the spirit, that we will not fulfill the lusts of the flesh. So today, this is going to be a two-part, two-fold word. The first part of this word is we're going to amass and unveil the masquerade as believers, as Christians, as followers of Christ, the things that we deal with that we don't know that we're entertaining and we're co-mingling with the enemy. We're co-mingling as Christians and as believers. And sometimes, not all the time, but sometimes in our Christian walk and our walk in the kingdom of God, we go through seasons and we go through so many years of never seeing a breakthrough and so many years of not knowing why things are not working out and why things are not falling into place or just so many years of not having a real supernatural encounter with the living God. Because I'm here to tell you that when you're walking with God, you will encounter him if you're truly walking with him. But you know what Jesus said? He said, the enemy is coming, but there is nothing in me that is in common with him. The Bible says that how can two walk together except they agree? There has to be agreement, right? So today, what God wants me to do is he wants me to unveil the masquerade. You know, as believers, we've had this masquerade party going on for a long time for some of us. For, for, for some of us, we're new to this thing, right? And we don't want to give the enemy a landing strip that he may be able to set up altars and set up uh, demonic um, influences in our lives that we're ignorant of what's going on around us. And as a result, we take part and we co-mingle with him. We yoke up with the enemy. And then we wonder why we can't feel the presence of God. We wonder why God is not speaking. We wonder why things are not happening. We wonder why we're not walking into our promised land. So today, we're going to deal with the masquerade. That's part one. Part two is after I pray, when I'm done speaking what God has um, given me to write down, I'm going to give you a spiritual arsenal some weapons of war that you can use to stay free, that you can use to war against the enemy, that you can use to walk in freedom. Because you know what the Bible says, whom the son has made free is truly free indeed. That means if you really had an encounter with the Lord Jesus Christ, 
your life begins to shift and change. Now, it doesn't change all at once because this is not a one-size-fits-all gospel. God deals with people individually and corporately. He deals with the churches as a, a unit, and he deals with us individually. Our walk with God is personal, it's individual. When you go to heaven and when your life has ended, when you stand before God, you won't be standing there with your mama, with your spouse. You won't be standing there with your children. You won't be standing there with your best friends. You won't be standing there with anybody but you. And the word of the Lord is going to come to you and he's going to ask you, what did you do with what I gave you? Who are you really? Will he say, a well done, good and faithful servant? Or will he say, depart from me, I never knew you. You do work of iniquity. Because there's going to be one or two things that's going to be said. And depending on what's being said, you're either going to stay in heaven or you're going to depart from him. And you're going to be cast into outer darkness where there's weeping and gnashing of the teeth. Oh, I'm coming with the big guns today. Because you know what? We need to hear truth in the body of Christ. We need to hear what's real. We need to hear what's relatable. And we need to hear the truth. The Bible says the truth will make you free. You will be free. This is a, a word of freedom and deliverance for somebody. And not to say that everything that I name on this list that God gave me is for you per se. But there are things that we deal with. And I'm going to use myself as an example. I don't have to use nobody else but me. Because, you know, I understand and I humble myself. And I know that I'm nothing without him. We can do nothing without Jesus. He said, I am the vine, you are the branches. And apart from me, you can do absolutely nothing. The Bible says that. When we seek the Lord, he will be found, right? Call upon him while he is near. Let the wicked forsake his way and the unrighteous man his thoughts. And the Lord will have mercy on him and he will abundantly pardon. So this walk with God has to be intentional. It has to be reverential fear, a respect for his presence, a respect for um, the call on your life or the 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 things that he has called you to do, especially as a leader of God, if you're watching this, especially as an apostle, pastor, prophet, teacher, or an evangelist, bishop, deacon, elder, whatever it is, whatever title, that's what he expects. He expects you to walk circumvent. He expects that. And the thing about it is it's not for his benefit. It's for your benefit. He's already in heaven. He's God. He already has everything. He is everything. He is faithful. He is merciful. This is why he's having me bring the message because of his mercy. Whenever God speaks to us and he corrects us and he chastains us and he tells us truth and he wants us to get things straight and get things in order, that is an act of his mercy because you never know when your life is going to end. You never know when your time is up. You never know when this is the last time he will say this. You never know when this is the last invitation. If you don't know Jesus, make him your Lord and Savior. There is no other way. He is the only way. And just simply say, Lord, take my life and do something with it. I believe you died and I repent of my sins. Take my life and do something with it. God is not religious. He's not a dictator. He is not, he's not as most people would think, he, you, you're not walking in a straitjacket when you walk with him. It's not a contradiction to have money or to be fly or to love God and still be able to have things. The things just can't have you. So that means if he tell you to give it away, just give it away. That means that he's truly Lord of your life. 
He just had me to give away every piece of furniture I had before I left Atlanta and moved to Dallas. And I'm going to be starting a new, new YouTube channel, Building Goshen. I'm going to show you my journey. I'm going to be just every day. It's going to be more practical than spiritual, but it's going to still be faith-based. But that's another um, message for another day. Because he, people need to see that you can still love God and still be wealthy. You can still love God and still lay hands on the sick and walk in power and demonstration of the Holy Spirit. You can still love God and live in this world and not be of the world. You can still love God and still be a normal person, a practical person. We need spirit. We need truth. We need both working together because too much spirit is going to make you a witch and too much truth is going to make you religious. So we need balance in the word of God, right? So today I'm going to be speaking about the masquerade and I'll use myself as an example. I don't mind uh, being an open book because I think that we learn better when it's more relatable, right? So let's talk about the masquerade. Let's talk about the mind, the will, and the emotions, and the soul. Because the spirit is saved. Remember, the flesh, the flesh isn't saved. Your spirit got saved. So that means we have to bring that flesh under the subjection of the Holy Spirit and walk in the spirit. How do we do that? It's super simple, but it takes discipline. And I'm going to give you some spiritual arsenal. But first, let's deal with the, the masquerade. The Bible says in 2 Corinthians 11 and 13, it says, For such are apostles, deceitful workers, transforming themselves into apostles of Christ. And no wonder, for Satan himself transforms himself into an angel of light. Therefore, it is no great thing if his ministers also transform themselves into ministers of righteousness, whose end will be according to their works. What is God saying? that the enemy masquerades as an angel of light. And that's what the topic is today, the masquerade. Who are we really when nobody's looking? What are we commingling with? What are we in agreement with? Why is there so much toxicity in our atmospheres and, and in our attitude, right? So let's talk about it. The Bible says in 3 John, it says 11, Beloved, do not imitate what is evil, but what is good. He who does good is of God. He who does evil has not seen God. You see how super simple that is? God is making a great distinction between good and evil. Who, he who does good is of God and he who does evil has not seen God. So what God is saying today is, your mind, your will, your emotion, which is your soul, your personality. We need to bring that under subjection to the Holy Spirit. And I'm going to be highlighting some things today that you may or may not know um, is a part of the kingdom of darkness, but it's have uh, infiltrated your personality, your soul, right? Because for some people, they'll say that's just the way she is. That's just the way he is. But we know what the fruit of the Spirit is. And that's love, joy, peace, long-suffering, right? Kindness, gentleness, meekness. So if those things are not being exemplified, then that is not God. I don't care what people say. We are constantly, every day, transforming into the image of God. Are we perfect? Absolutely not. We're not perfect, but God does expect progress. 
He does expect. If a person is still the same today as they was five years ago, 10 years ago, two years ago, one year ago, 30 years ago, then he has wasted 30 years of his life. And I heard that saying, Muhammad Ali, that's a famous quote that he has said. If a man is still the same as he was from 30 years ago, then he has wasted 30 years of his life. God came that we may have a life and have it more abundantly. And I just want to say today that this is a race of faith. This is a God-ordained moment for you. This is a chance to walk in the fullness of what God has called you to walk in. This is a new opportunity. This is an act of God's mercy because you don't know when your life is going to end. You don't know when the last invitation is going to be the last. Or it could be just the last invitation and you never receive another invitation to change or another invitation to Christ. This could be the last invitation. You don't know how many invitations you're going to get before it's all said and done. And everybody... We have to humble ourselves because that's a part of deliverance. In order to be free, we have to first recognize that we need God. We have to first recognize that we have faults. Let's look at 1 John. It says 1 John 1 and 10. For if we say that we have not sinned, we make him a liar and his word is not in us. So anybody, any apostle, any prophet, anybody, it doesn't matter. We're not talking about unsaved people, right? Because they're doing exactly what they're supposed to do because they don't know God, right? But you can know him today. But we're talking about if we say we have no sin, we make him a liar. The Bible says there is nobody good but Jesus. If we say we haven't sinned, all have sinned and fallen short. But there's a difference in falling short, missing the mark, which is that's what sin is. And there's a difference in being a sinner, iniquity. That's totally different. So when we intentionally, God looks at the motive. The Bible says in Jeremiah 17, he tests the heart and the mind, but the heart is the most deceitful above all else. Who can know it? But I, the Lord, test the mind and I test the spirit. God is testing us, right? So let's look at this. Let's look at the masquerade because there's so many Christians, and I'm going to say this, so many people that I come across, so many people that you think are saved are not saved. So many people that you think know the Lord because they say, Lord, Lord, don't know God. The Bible says he, they honor me with their lips, but their hearts are far from me. What does God mean when he say they honor me with their lips, but their hearts are from, far from me? He means you'll say, Lord, oh, Jesus is good. Oh, thank you, Jesus. Oh, this and this. And out of that mouth, you flip and you'll cuss somebody out. You'll, you, you'll not forgive people. You'll be envious and jealous of people. You don't really like people. The Bible says, if you say you love God who, who you have not seen and you hate your brother or your sister, you're a liar. Then God is not in you. So they honor me with their lips. But the heart is far from me because what the heart, the Bible says, out of the abundance of the heart, the mouth speaks. So what comes out of the heart is what's, what comes out of the mouth is in your heart. What you talk about on the regular, what you do on the regular, that's what's really in you. No matter what you saying, Lord, Lord, no matter if you saying it or not, it doesn't matter. The Bible says you will know a tree by its fruit. An orange cannot produce apples right? So a fruit is what it is. The fruit of the spirit is love, joy, kindness, peace, long suffering. The Bible says, put away other things. 
It says, lay aside every weight that so easily entangles us. In Hebrews 12 and 1, it says, therefore, we also, since we are surrounded by so great a cloud of witnesses, let us lay aside every weight and the sin which so easily ensnares us or besets us in some translations. And let us run with endurance the race that is set before us, looking unto Jesus, the author and the finisher of our faith, who is for a joy that was set before him, endured the cross, despising shame, and he sat down at the right hand of the throne of God. Let me say this. The Bible says Jesus is the only way. You can't get to God other than coming through him. So all the other religions, all the other sayings, the teachings, they are an error. But you can know God today. Just say, Lord, take my life. I repent. I change and do something with it. Let me say this. The Bible says, why do you call me Lord, Lord, and not do what I say? That means that being saved is more than just confessing Jesus. The Bible says, why do you call me Lord, Lord, and not do what I say? What is he saying? Keep his word. Write it on the tablets of your heart. So there's a twofold thing happening here. It's not enough to say you believe in God because the Bible says the demons believe in God. They believe that God exists. They believe who God is and they know the word. But that doesn't mean that just because you believe in something, you follow it. You can believe that the red light is at the, at the at, you know, up there, you know, you can believe that and know that. And you can see the red light, right, while you're driving. But that doesn't stop people from running the light. That doesn't stop people from going outside of the boundaries. You can know that something is there, but still not acknowledge it. You can know that God exists but still ignore him and ignore his word and ignore correction and ignore rebuke. You can know all day long that God is there, but that doesn't mean that you're going to follow him because you believe that he exists. So the Bible says, be not only hearers of the word only, but be ye doers of the word. So it's not so much to just hear the word. We have to be doers of the word. So what does this look like? What does this mean? What is this masquerade all about? The Bible says that the blessings of the Lord maketh us rich and add no sorrow to it, right? So we know that there's no sorrow with God's blessings. There's no sorrow when you're walking with God in terms of your spirit, man. I'm not talking about you won't face adversity. You won't have um, things happen or things. I'm not saying you exempt from that. But what I am saying is following God, there should be some evidence of fruit for following God, not just enough to say it. Because some of the things that God pointed out in this masquerade, he said, demonic influence, you can be demonically influenced, right? Or possession of your soul. You can be totally possessed if you're not a follower of Christ. If you're a follower of Christ, you have the spirit of God in you, but you can still be demonically influenced. You can still be co-mingling with darkness. So, I looked at my phone one day and I have Ancestry.com, right? Downloaded the app. I use it. And I seen something that said traits, ancestry traits. And now when I started to write about the masquerade, God said personality traits of someone in need of freedom and deliverance. Listen to this. The depth of your repentance is the depth of your deliverance. The more humble you come before God, the more freer you will become. The more power you will have in Christ, the more demonstration and power the Holy Spirit you will see. 
The more fall off of you, the more deliverance will take place. But that takes, first of all, you can't conquer what you don't confront and you can't confront what you can't identify. So if you don't ever think nothing is wrong with you, you don't ever think that that there's more to God, there's more to learn. If you if you stop growing, if you stop learning, or if you stop uh, engaging in uh, in every day and fellowship and communion with Jesus, the Bible says, without Him you can do nothing. So the less of Him you have, the less power you have. The less words you have, the less power you have. The more words you have, the more power you have. The more arsenal you have to defeat the enemy. So the, he pointed out to me the thoughts, the uh, your thoughts, relationships, movies, TV, media, images, decor, artifacts, all of these things. Sometimes we co-mingling with the enemy and we don't even know we're co-mingling. So God wants me to shed light on the enemy today. He wants me to put the light, the spotlight on some of the things and some of the um, um, things in us that we would need deliverance from that we did not even recognize, that we sometimes don't even recognize. And I can tell you this, every single day, if the Holy Spirit brings something to my attention, I'm repenting. Even when I do it, if I don't recognize it at the time. Now, you got to know the Holy Spirit is a gentleman. God loves us. He doesn't treat us as our sins so deserve, right? So he doesn't beat us over the head and it's not condemnation. It's not shame. Those, those are all things from the enemy. But when he brings something to your attention, you have to be sensitive to know that we need to repent for it and not just say, oh, that's nothing. Oh, I cussed or this and that is nothing. So he says our thoughts are commingling, our relationships are commingling with the enemy, movies that we watch, TV, media, images, um, home decor, things that we have in our homes we need to get rid of, um, artifacts. Why does God say all of this? Does he expect us to walk in a straitjacket? Absolutely not. But the more God you have, the less you will want to be watch certain things, the less interest you will have in certain things and certain type of relationships. All the toxicity, you have to examine yourself. Why do you even want to be around toxic people? Do you need to be delivered from fear of man? Some people are scared of confrontation. Some people have things going on with them. And that's the part I want to talk about, the co-mingling with the enemy. Because you can have a fear of man, but that's not of God. God said, the Bible says, fear no man. Fear no man. Owe no man nothing but to love them. You don't owe people nothing but love. So he wants us to be transformed into the transformed into the image of Jesus consistently, not just when we get saved. This is an ongoing thing until you leave here and get to eternity. So I'm going to talk about it. Here are some traits. He says some doors, some entrances, right? Entertaining the enemy unaware. Sometimes you can entertain the enemy in this way. We need deliverance from this trauma. If you have experienced any type of trauma in your life as a child, as an adult, any type of serious major car accident, uh, a, a cutting off of a limb, um, a miscarriage, or you experienced uh, some type of trauma in a loss um, where you lost someone close to you, a child, a parent, a grandparent, or a friend, um, 
uh, any type of trauma in terms of uh, surgeries, falls, um, uh, any kind of um, trauma as it relates to relationships, if you've been hurt or if things have happened to you, um, any type of trauma that you can think of that the Holy Spirit will bring to your remembrance, you need deliverance from. Because see, when trauma and things happen, there are doors that are open when those things take place for the enemy to come in. The enemy comes in through fear. If you open yourself up to fear, he has a landing strip. So God wanted me to hone in on this type of stuff because a lot of times you think you went through a trauma as a child. Like my mom, when she was a child at three years old, she got burned with hot boiling water, right? And, it, and if the, the pot on the stove fell on her back and she was in a hospital for three months, right? And she had, uh, had to get skin grafts and all of that for her back because of the hot boiling water that hit her back. And as a result of that trauma, I can always, she's deceased now, but as a result of that trauma, I can always remember her, if we're in the kitchen and you know how you put water in the pot because the pot is hot and it goes, she'll jump out the bed and start running, turn the, turn the stove off. You can be in the middle of cooking bacon. She said, turn the stove off. You got to turn the stove off. But that was a trauma that happened to her at three years old that went into her she died with that, you know, with that type of trauma. She never got free from that. So she was always afraid of the stove and she was always afraid of fire. You see how that works? So that was a great example of how, what I want to say. Like, So as a result of that trauma and that fear, the enemy came in and he tormented her with that for the rest of her life. So God wants to break this off of us today. He wants to bind the enemy, destroy the yokes, destroy the altars, destroy the demonic ram that has harassed you. The enemy is sending an assignment on you at three years old to keep you messed up till you 70 years old. Why? And, I, and, and, that, and, and what that happens with that is when you begin to get married or you come into relationships with other people, all of those traumas, and all of those projections you project onto other people, you project in their life because you're in fear, you project that fear on others. So you see how it's not just even about you getting free, it's about you getting free so that you won't project that demonic stuff on other people. So even rejection as a, t a child, when rejection from a parent or rejection from friends or rejection from uh, cultures and society or rejection from um, whatever it is that you're being, re you feel like you've been rejected from people, it sets up an altar in your life. And if you don't get free from that rejection as a parent, your father wasn't there, your mother wasn't there, your grandparents wasn't there, whatever it is, it carries into your relationships, it carries into your, your lifestyle, it carries into how you feel about other people. Maybe now you don't have a good relationship with your, uh, your sisters or your daughters or your, because you didn't have a good relationship with your mom or you didn't have a good relationship with your dad. So now every relationship you have with a man is a problem with that. I had to be delivered from a man-hating spirit. Why? Because I have so many disappointments and so many things that happen. You begin to unconsciously hate the opposite sex. I had to get delivered from that. Didn't even know I needed to be free from that until Apostle John Eckhart, I was at a deliverance um, meeting and he called that out and I felt it come out man hating spirit so now you can you don't even know how to submit to a man to be married to a man so now you don't even know how to um uh respect and honor men the way the women in the bible honored men I, the way they honored men there is 
something to be said for that. You know what I'm saying? So let's go to the trauma. So let's deal with the trauma. We need to get that get get healed from traumas. Get healed from pain. Get healed from the disappointments. Get healed from just never receiving somebody saying they're sorry. You may not ever get a sorry. But you need to forgive people. That's another altar. It's so many people in hell for unforgiveness. It's They think that because they don't want souls to Jesus that they have the right to walk in unforgiveness. The devil is a liar. That is the biggest liar of the enemy. And that's what we want to talk about. We want to talk about this masquerade because a lot of times you feel like things are just a part of your personality, right? So you take on this, this personality because it has grown up with you. This demon has grown up with you, has become a part of your life, your everyday. So now you think because you have been like that since you was five years old, that that's just the way you are. But the devil is alive because if it's not the fruit of the spirit, it's not of God. I don't care what it is. If it's not the fruit of the spirit, it's not Jesus. And you need to lay aside every weight that so easily entangles you or besets you. Let's, let's go through this because I want to get through this today. Anger. A person that reacts to everything, everything. I was like that. I got my hands up. I got my feet up. A person that thinks that everybody's attacking them. A person that thinks that somebody's out to get them. You can be in the store and you don't like the way the person is helping you in the store. The person ain't really did nothing, but you think everything is an all-out assault or an attack. Let's talk about that anger get rid of the bible says get rid of anger for without holiness no man can see the lord don't let the enemy trick you don't let him make you think you have something that you really don't have and you end up in hell the bible says there is a way that seems right to man in proverbs 16 and 25 but in the end there is death you can think you are so right and that you are okay and be oh so wrong because the bible says your heart needs to be changed. If you got anger, outbursts of rage, outbursts of cussing people out, flipping them off, road rage, I'm here today to tell you, baby, you got some help. You think that's just you acting like that? That's demonic. That's an influence from hell. That is demons. You need deliverance. I'm telling you what I live. I'm telling you what I live. It's not okay. And I'm not saying we have to be perfect. That's not what I'm saying. But if you still the same way today as you was five years ago, you still cussing people out in traffic, then chances are you need deliverance. If nothing in your life has changed, and if somebody can meet you and they ain't seen you in 10 years, and they say you the same person you was when I saw you 10 years ago, and you still crazy, you need deliverance. And we have to understand and come out of agreement with the enemy because sometimes we hold on to feelings and we hold on to personality traits that are demonic because we think that's us. The enemy, you have to know he doesn't want to leave. If he has grown up with you and that spirit has been in you as a child, then guess what? You need deliverance because they don't just go freely. You have to first and foremost repent. That's not enough though. You have to renounce him and you have to cast it out. You can do self-deliverance. I do it all the time. And then I've gone and gotten deliverance. But that takes a spirit of humility to first know that you need something, that you need help. That takes a spirit of repentance. Because we have to first know that we sin against God when we cuss people out. We sin against God when we are mean to people. We sin against God when we fight people, when we steal from people, when we... 
um, talk about people, when we slander and gossip against people, we sin against God. We don't just sin against that person, we sin against God. And until we recognize and know that we have, we are in need of a savior, we have not grown, we have not gone anywhere. Another thing God is saying is feeling paranoid, feeling like you're being attacked, that everyone is out to get you. That's a spirit. That's a spirit. God does not give us the spirit of anxiety, worry, and fear. That has to come out of agreement with it. Come out of agreement. I, you, you simply say, Lord, I don't want it. I come out of agreement with it. I renounce it. I break that altar that has been set up in my soul. I break that hurt, that unforgiveness, and I repent, Lord, and I cast it out in the name of Jesus. I have nothing in common with the enemy. Like Jesus said, the enemy is coming, but there's nothing in common with me. Racism. Racism, and you don't even know you're racist, but you don't like everything white people say. You don't like everything black people say. You don't like the Asians. You don't like Mexicans. You don't like Hispanics. You don't like Indians. You don't like, for whatever it is, it's not of God. And then you can find yourself, he can pull you in through videos on social media. Oh, look how they did him. The, the police is always messing with black people. He had pulled me into that. I had got pulled into that big time. And then God started showing me that you, you are entertaining the spirit of racism. Because if all you looking at is negativity, if all you entertaining is uh, filth, if all you entertaining, that's what's going to grow. Where the focus goes, the anointing flows. So if you focus on the good, you're going to see good. You focus on the negativity everywhere you look. And I'm going to tell you, soon as I start entertaining them police videos of, of how they beating black people out, more videos come. Have you ever noticed that on social media? The more you entertain, the more they suggest to you. And they only suggest what you like to see. So, the, so that lets me know it's in you. Because they don't suggest videos that you don't like. You don't click on videos you don't like or that you are not in agreement with, right? So, racism, not liking someone. You're not saved. I know you think you are because you go to church, but you hate white people, but you hate black people. You need to get saved because the Bible says if you hate your brother who you see and, and love a God you have not seen, the, the truth is not in you. How can you love a God you have not seen but hate your brother who you see every day? The Bible says love God and love people. That is the fulfillment. How we feel about people, it doesn't matter. It doesn't matter. Our opinions don't matter. You know why? Because God died for them. The Bible says while we were yet sinners, Christ died. That means before you even get saved, he had already had a plan to save you before you got saved. So that means that everybody who you lay eyes on in the public, in your family, in your friendships matter to God. No matter how you feel about them, they were created for a purpose. They matter to God. He died for the world. The Bible says, for God so loved the world, not just you, not just saved people, that he gave his only begotten son. And every life comes from heaven to earth. So that means that abortion, miscarriages, all that stuff, all the stuff that happens to us, right? And all the things that we experience, life comes from God. When does it become life? At conception. And then we're assigned a guardian, guardian angels. So when we abort the babies, we just killed something precious. This is why you better vote right.
and stop voting based on race and stop voting. Vote based on what God's word says. Don't be pulled into foolery. I'm telling you because I was there. So the other thing is um, racism is one of them. Not liking someone because of their um, race, classifying as bad people just because of race without knowing anything about them. You have some people be like, I hate Hispanics. Why? Because I heard that they're all rapists. Has one ever raped you? No. Has one even did anything to you? No. But I don't like them. What goes in your ears becomes a part of your heart. Be careful what you listen to. Because that was plastered all over TV. All Hispanics are racist, right? So now you believe in they are rapists. I mean, rape rapists. The devil is a lie. Stop coming into agreement with the enemy. Every thought you have is not your thoughts. Every thought you have is not your thoughts. I'm going to say that again. Every thought you have about people is not your thoughts. If it's bad, it's not of God. If it's bad, it's not. I'm going to keep saying that. This is why you can't go with the horoscopes and we're going to deal with that. Um, man hating spirits. I mentioned that. Soul ties that you have yoked up. And you have soul tie. You're now saved and you're not doing that anymore. But the soul ties have not been broken. Break the soul ties. You can have soul ties even in um, abusive authority that was over you. Be it a husband, a wife. Be it um, an employer that was abusive or a pastor or a leader in a church that was abusive. Them soul ties have to be broken. You can't just, it's not enough to just not sleep with nobody no more. You need to break them ungodly soul ties in the spirit realm because those things are still moving and operating in your life. Break it. The other thing is <clears throat> sexual <clears throat> impure thoughts, right? Perversion, pornography, not of God, not a part of you, not who God called you to be. <clears throat> the other thing is vanity and pride. Vanity and pride. Pride, I'm never wrong. Pride, I can't be corrected. Pride, get rid of it. It's not a part of who God called you to be. It's of the enemy. The Bible says Leviathan is a strong man of pride. We first need to bind the strong man and then plunder the house. Meaning we first need to bind the spirit of pride and then cast all the other demons out behind that. But no one can come into a man's house Unless he first bind the strong man. And God is talking about our temple. That's what he's talking about. Rejection, rebellion. I talked about rejection as a child. Rejection from relationships. Rejection in marriages. Rejection in friendships. Rejection in, in parental and children relationships. Rebellion. The Bible says rebellion is as the sin of witchcraft. And, and stubbornness is as iniquity and idolatry. Rebellion is witchcraft. Get rid of it. I don't care. You're rebelling against authority. That's witchcraft. You're rebelling against a God. That's witchcraft. You're rebelling against instructions that God has given you. That's witchcraft. You're rebelling against anything that is that is not godly. Get rid of it. Um, lawlessness, violence. You always want to fight. You always want to pull, you pull your, your Glock. You want to pull your gun out. You want to shoot somebody. Everything, your answer for everything is I'm going to kill him. I'm going to shoot him. That is not of God. That's a spirit. And again, you got some help. You need to come out of agreement with the enemy. 
Stop being in common with violence, with lawlessness, um, adultery, sleeping with people that ain't your husband. God told me this was my husband and wife, but they married to somebody else. The devil is alive. What God, what, where is that in the Bible? We have to know and stop commingling with the enemy. The Bible says no temptation has seized us except that which is common to man. But God is faithful. He will not let us be tempted beyond what we can bear. But if we are tempted, he always provide a way of escape. Worshiping idols in the form of people, places, and things. Worshiping celebrities. Worshiping our children. Worshiping our pets. I've seen that is insane. Worshiping pets. We love pets more than people. We put more value on animals than we do actual people. We'll feed a stray dog a cat before we, before we feed a homeless man or woman on the street. The devil is a liar. Put the value back where it is. That doesn't mean we can't do those things. It just means that you need to put more value on people. God says the fulfillment of the law is to love God and love people. It didn't say love God, love people, and love your pets. Seriously? So we're not saying you can't love your pets, so please don't even come for me. But I'm saying that we need to put the value back where it belongs on the human beings. We're created in the image of God. We're the only thing that's created in the image of God, not the animals. Um, worshiping idols. Idols can be anything. I say it all the time. Idols, anything that takes your eye off God is an idol. Exercising too much can be an idol. Doing anything to the extreme, okay? Living for your children. Idolizing marriage. People that want to be married. All they talk about is the kingdom spouse. That's what their whole YouTube channel is about. Let's talk about Jesus. The Bible says we need to keep our eyes fixed and focused on him. He's the author and the finish. Stop worshiping the creation and stop worshiping the creator. This is who we're going back to. This is who we're going to answer to. You're not going to answer to your spouse. You're not going to be standing there with that person. We need to stop idolizing those things. God knows where you are, where you're going, where you're going to be tomorrow, where you're going to be 10 years from now. He knows how to get people to you and link you up with your kingdom spouse. Chase Jesus. The Bible says, chase him. Seek ye first the kingdom of God. And his righteousness and all those things you want will be added unto you. But if your focus is just on idolizing a spouse, baby, trust me when I tell you I've lived this. You're going to get exactly what's in your heart, what you're idolizing. And you don't want that. You want what God has for you. God knows where you are. You don't have to try to make yourself known. Vanity, pride. You can't go out the house without your makeup or you can't go out the house without your hat. Because your head, whatever is the, the, the thing that you need to be delivered from, self-consciousness, self-rejection. Come on. And then we're talking about practicing witchcraft. A lot of people in the kingdom of God, citizens of the kingdom of God, is practicing witchcraft and they don't even know it. How? You may say, how am I practicing witchcraft? If you're doing yoga, if you're worshiping them horoscopes. Um, burning sage, meditation on anything but the word of God or Jesus, um, um, Freemasonry, Eastern stars, um, sororities, fraternities, um, so many things, so many 
things that we are involved in and don't even realize we have set up demonic altars in our life and we wonder why that portal is open for the enemy to have direct line and access to us because those doors have not been shut and have not been closed off and we're still practicing we're still co-mingling burning incense burning sage burning all of those things are releasing demons before you do something, first of all, pray and ask God, the Holy Spirit in you. Holy Spirit, what is it about this? Second of all, go to Google. Google its origin. Google where it came from before you get involved in things. Don't just jump on everybody's bandwagon because you see everybody on YouTube burning sage. Now you want to burn sage to get the spirits out the house or to get the evil spirits out the house. Jesus don't need no help. He's all powerful. He's all knowing in his power. His name is enough to cast out the devil. You don't need no help. Other things, smoking, smoking, addicted to drugs, addicted to alcohol, addictions, greed. Your stomach can be a God. Your stomach, you can idolize food. Greed. Religion. Having a form of godliness, but denying the power thereof. A spirit of religion that you're co-mingling with. You're wondering why you don't see no power and demonstration of the Holy Spirit. You wonder why you're not seeing miracle signs and wonders. Because you're operating in tradition and religion. Doctrines taught by demons. You better know that God is speaking and that that's not a spirit of religion that's talking to you. And there's a lot of people as Christians, they are co-mingling with religion. And they think it's God. Ask God. That takes humility. Go to your secret place and say, Lord, who is this person talking in front of me? Is this man or woman of God of are you? Are they speaking from the spirit or are they speaking from the spirit of religion, of the demonic principalities? Because you can be oh so wrong and thinking you oh so right. And you thinking you got something. It's nothing worse than thinking you got something that you really don't have. It's nothing worse. The other thing is abuse of authority towards others, or if you are a victim of abuse, you need deliverance. We're commingling or abusing others verbally, word curses. You know, almost every day, whenever the Holy Spirit leads me, I break word curses off. Word curses off of this nation, word curses off of me, word curses off of my family, breaking word curses. There are people that are speaking against you behind closed doors, behind closed walls, on jobs, in careers, in business, in families, in relationships, your spouse, word curses that people are speaking need to be broken. Those words are still in full swing in operation. Word curses that were spoken over you as a child from a parent, from an aunt, an uncle. Those things need to be broken. Every word curse, break it in the name of Jesus that has been spoken over you. Shatter it. Shatter those altars. Unforgiveness, slander, gossip, envy, jealousy, jealous of things. Jealousy is nothing but fear of being replaced. Jealousy, slander, gossip. If these things are a part of your personality, are a part of you, come out of agreement with it, repent, renounce it, and break it. And, and if it's not if Philippians, whatever things are pure, lovely, and of a... Uh, uh, noble, whatever the things are of a good report. If there be anything praiseworthy, think on these things, whatever things are good. So anything that is not good is not God. If you're hearing thoughts, know that your thoughts are not always you. It can be the enemy speaking to you about people, talking about people, slandering people, jealous of people, don't like people, but don't know why you don't like them. That's 
a demon. You need deliverance. And God is here today to set the captives free. Jesus came and he manifested to destroy the works of the devil. You can be free today. All hope is not lost. It's not God's will that any perish, but all come into the knowledge of the truth. It's not his will that you perish. Because if you keep walking in our forgiveness and if you keep mistreating people, if you keep uh, with the iniquity of the sins, you're not going to see the kingdom of God. And that's just that simple. And it's time out for pretending like we have something that we really don't have. And if we got it, we need to be free from some certain things. This is not for everybody. This word, everything I'm naming, this is not for everybody. But if it, if I name something and you know it hit you, then just repent and get back in line and renounce it and break it off of you in the name of Jesus and tell God, this is not what you want to be. You want to be in the image of Jesus. Because I have to do that every single day. I kid you not. If he brings something to my attention, I'm like, Lord, I repent for that. Lord, I come out of agreement with that and I renounce that. I don't want to be like that. And I, I think I was telling somebody this. I was in the car driving. This was over a year and a half, oh, a year and some change ago. And I had been in the house praying. And as soon as I got in the car, somebody cut me off and I called them something. I don't even know what it was. And I said, the devil is a lie. I went back in my secret place when I got back home and I repented and cried out to God. Lord, I don't want to be like that. And that's all it takes. It's not this big old gigantic thing that needs to happen. The Bible says the sacrifices of God are a broken and contrite spirit. Those things he will not despise. God knows we are frail. He knows that we're nothing without him. He knows we're going to make mistakes. He knows that we are not perfect because we're not Jesus. But you have to have a heart that is humble and a heart that is repentant. And that's going to be the depth of your deliverance. If you allow the Holy Spirit to work in you and to get those things off of you when he bring them to your attention, you will grow in Christ. It's not saying that we're going to be perfect and we're not going to ever do anything wrong. That's not what I'm saying. But I'm saying that the intent and the motive of the heart intentionally sinning, that's what I'm talking about. Consistently sinning. Consistently and never changing and you're still the same you're still mean you still like to fight you still like to cuss you still like to drink you still like to smoke check yourself and check your motives because god looks at the intent of the heart not necessarily the actions the intent because you can do something wrong but you didn't intend to do something wrong that's different that's why even in court cases they look at the intent and the motive this is all god demonic altars practicing tarot cards, psychic readings. If you've ever had that done, if you ever practiced that, you need to break that off of you. It's not enough to just not do it no more. You need to come out of agreement with it and shatter that altar. Generational curses, poverty and lack. When I got saved years ago, I went back and I broke generational curses. I repented for the sins of my ancestors and I shut those doors that has been opened as a result of my disobedience and the disobedience of my ancestors. And I sealed those doors shut with the blood of Jesus. Generational curse, curses. Everybody in your family is sick, have heart conditions, or alcoholics, like to smoke weed. Generational curses disease, infirmities, all those things that are going generationally. You see a pattern from your father, then his father, and then his father or your mother and her mother. 
generational curses, fighting your parents, fist fighting your parents. And then she fought her parents because she fought her parents because she fought her parents. So now everybody generationally disrespects and dishonors authority and fight their parents. That's a generational curse. Generational curses are not, not always like poverty and lack and all that. It can be just dishonoring authority, addicted to alcohol, addicted to alcohol, addicted to drugs. Everybody in your family goes to jail. That's a generational curse. Break it. Come out of agreement with it. Cast that off of your, your sons and your daughters so that they don't experience that. I went and broke every generational curse off my son when I got saved. I took the anointed oil, went up to his room, and I prayed over him, and I broke every generational curse all the way back to Adam, baby. When I got the revelation of what was happening, I went in, and you need to go in. That's all I want to, uh, you know, say today. Now, let me say this. I'm going to pray, and then I'm going to give you um, some spiritual arsenal that you can use for the enemy. So, Father, right now, in the name of Jesus, I thank you that everyone that is listening under the sound of my voice is free indeed, Father. I thank you, Lord, for those who have stayed and listened to the end. I thank you, Lord, that you will, uh, will just put a special blessing upon their lives, Father God, in the name of Jesus. Lord, break every chain, loose the confusion into the enemy's camp concerning him. All of the things that we talked about and we named, Father, we just pray right now, Father God, first and foremost, we come into your throne with thanksgiving, with praise. We repent for every sin. We repent for every demonic thought, for every impure motive, for stinking thinking, negative thinking. We repent for coming into agreement and co-mingling with the enemy. Just begin to repent in your heart. And Lord, we just thank you right now that everybody under the sound of my voice, Father, is being free. The yokes are being destroyed. We come against every demonic generational curse. Every altar that has been set up as a result of disobedience is broken right now by the power and the blood of Jesus. Every um, altar of witchcraft, of Baal, we curse it by the roots. We shatter it right now in the name of Jesus. We come against every altar that has been set up, Lord, uh, every ideology that is not of you, every thought that is not of you, Father God. You said cast down every high thing that would exalt itself against the knowledge of God and take every thought captive into the obedience of Christ. So Father, right now, loose confusion into the enemy's camp. Send warn angels to war on behalf of your people that are listening, Father. Let the yokes be destroyed because of the anointing, because of the anointing, according to Isaiah 10 and 27. Let the yokes be destroyed. Break every chain. Loose confusion into the enemy's camp. Let the angels of the Lord blow the enemy like chaff in the wind and to chase them down and to make their way dark and slippery concerning your people today, Father. Give them a heart of repentance, a heart of obedience, a heart of respect, oh God, a reverential fear for your presence, oh God. Let their lives never be the same in the name of Jesus. We plead the blood over them and over their children and grandchildren, over their spouses, Father. We plead the blood over their 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 lives, their livelihood, over their finances, Father. Right now, in the name of Jesus, loose the bands of wickedness and let their lives never be the same in Jesus' name. And I also want to just give you some quick spiritual um, weapons of war, some arsenal, arsenal in the spirit that you can use. So, you know, 
The Bible says the weapons of our warfare are not carnal, but mighty in God for the pulling down of strongholds, casting down every imagination, right? And every high thing that exalts itself against the knowledge of God. So the top 10 weapons of war, this is a bonus for you, right? The top 10 weapons of war is going to be prayer. Speaking in tongues is very powerful. If you don't have it, just pray and ask the Holy Spirit to fill you with the Holy Spirit that you will begin to speak in tongues. He's going to fill you, but you have to open up your mouth and start speaking what you hear. Okay? That's how I got mine. Prayer is powerful. I make sure I'm in constant fellowship and communion. I'm not religious with it. It's however God lead me. If he lead me to, to get on my knees, I get on my knees. Most of the time I sit on the bench or I sit in the chair. And I'm saying these things because sometimes we think we have to be in a certain position. Sometimes I'm in my car praying. Sometimes I'm just walking down the street and I'm praying. You know what I'm saying? So don't get so caught up in the formality. Just make sure your heart is right because that's how your prayers get through. Because you can be on your knees, but prayers not getting through, okay? So... Fasting is another thing. If you have an addiction, if you have things going on with you that you just seem you just seem to not be able to pray, you've been praying and you just can't see no clear way. Fasting, three day fast. It's something about that fast that breaks the spirit of addiction. And Isaiah fifty eight talks about that, loosing the bands of wickedness because of fasting. Um, praise and worship. Just sometimes praise and worship and ushering in the presence of God and loving on him, just telling him how good he is and just worshiping him, that brings deliverance. I've gotten a lot of deliverance like that, guys, a lot of deliverance. Um, dancing for God, right? Some people are dancers. Some people are creators, painting for God, being creative, you know. Um, Self-control, discipline, the Bible talks about. Um, gentle answers. The Bible says a gentle answer turns away wrath. That's a form of deliverance. Some people have gotten killed because they have said something in road rage and somebody has shot them. The Bible says a gentle answer turns away wrath. And if you have the, the need to, to be violent or respond to everything, deliverance is needed. That's not you. That's not who God created you to be. I know you think that's who you are, but that's not of God. You got some help and you need to recognize and know and humble yourself and ask God to free you. Self-control, that's a form of deliverance, just being disciplined. What does that mean? Prayer life, prayer life, being consistent, right? Recognizing that you have a need for God, that you don't know everything. That's deliverance. That's healing in and of itself. Believe me when I tell you. Um, obedient lifestyle, a godly lifestyle, that's discipline. Fear of the Lord, having a reverential respect, not scared of God, not walking around thinking God going to do something to me. I ain't talking about that. But fear of the Lord means to have a reverential awe, be in awe. I'm in awe of God every day. I say to myself, do we really know what's going on? <laughs> do we really understand the magnitude of who God is and what is happening right now on this earth? Fear the Lord, respect when you think of fear of the Lord, just think I respect his presence. So I'm not going to do that because I know he's inside of me. And just note this, guys, the angels of the Lord write down everything that we do. Everybody who's born has a book in heaven. Everything we say, everything we do is written down. I told you all my story about how my mentor, um, my prophetess mentor, she said, she saw an angel standing over me. We was at this conference and um, I said, what was he doing? He was writing down everything I was writing down in my notepad. She seen him standing over me, writing it down. 
everything we say, our thoughts, and what we do. That's why the Bible says if you look at a woman lustfully, you have committed adultery. He even deals with our thoughts. I'm telling you. Just have a reverential awe and fear of him and know that his presence, if you're a believer, he lives on the inside of you and his presence is with you wherever you go. That's why wherever we go, the kingdom is present. Um, um, fear the Lord, uh, revelation, revealed knowledge. Um, that's so, uh, a form of a breakthrough when God is giving you revelation. It comes by way of the Holy Spirit. Um, the wisdom of God, that's the spirit of God. God has been dealing with me about the wisdom of God. The Bible says, pray for wisdom. The Bible says, if any man lacks wisdom to ask God and he gives freely, wisdom is a tool. But when I pray for wisdom, I also pray for knowledge and understanding because the Bible says, in all thy getting, get understanding. So wisdom, knowledge, and understanding, that trifecta, baby, is powerful. And I ask God to give me wisdom when speaking to people, when speaking on his behalf. Give me strategies for the day. Give me strategies if I'm in class or give me strategies when um, I'm doing anything. I need a strategy from the throne of God, the wisdom of God, not the wisdom from the world. Because there's a devilish and demonic wisdom and there's a wisdom from above. You want the wisdom from above. So pray for that and ask God for that. I pray for that every day, every day. Wisdom is the principal thing. That means first things first, get your wisdom. The word of God is the sword of the spirit. The more words you have, the more power you have. The less words you have, the less, the less arsenal you have to defeat the enemy. So get in that word, understand God's ways. It's not enough to just know his word. Some people know the word, but they don't know the author. You can know the word of God and not know his ways and why, the why. It's the why for me, guys. It's the why for me. I like to know why people do what they do. Not just they did it, but why? Because then I have a better understanding and a better relationship and fellowship with God because I understand his ways. That's highly important. Abraham knew his ways. He was a friend of God. And when you are a friend of someone, you, you not only know they are, what they're doing, but you know why they do it. Because you got their heart, right? You know their heart. Um, and then the word of God, that's it. Um, and just remember where the focus goes, the anointing flows. Whatever you focus on, that's what you're going to see. If you focus on good, you focus on God, you're going to see beautiful things. If you focus on negativity and toxic Things, you're going to see toxicity. Everywhere you look, there's going to be a problem. Why? Because that's what you focus on. That is the word of the Lord today. This was a long one. I haven't did a long one like this in a minute, but nevertheless, let God be glorified, guys. Um, remember, you can subscribe and opt in as I will be sending out prophetic words and I will be sending out um, text uh, live free at 770-692. I believe it's 7751. It will be in the description. Make sure you look in the description, guys, because I'm not really familiar with this um, this phone number, but I believe it's 770-692-7751. And again, thank you so much for listening. Opt in so that you can get